Hey everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday true car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Well, hello, oopiers and wolves out there. Welcome back to another amazing After Buzz TV after show for your favorite show, Hemlock Grove. We're on season two, episode nine, Tintype. I'm your host, Shano, and I'm joined here by my beautiful and lovely co-hosts. Hey guys, I'm JJ Jorgens. Hello everyone, I'm Marissa Serafini. And we have a special guest in studio with us tonight. I'm David Strayton, and I'm the co-EP and director of Hemlock Grove. One of the many directors of Hemlock Grove. And we thank you Mm, for being here after having such a a, a ridiculous spill (laughs) that made you hurt your leg. And uh, and you're still here. You braved the pain. <laughs> I give blood for my TV shows. <laughs> Literally. And, and for Hemlock Grove, that's a lot of blood. That's yeah. a lot yeah. of blood. I'm currently making another show for Netflix called Narcos, which is being filmed in Colombia. Hurt myself. Got some great pictures. Now I'm back. And now I go back. I leave on Monday to go to uh, to Panama where we continue filming. Oh, wow. When you showed us the picture of the, your leg, I thought it could be like a prosthetic leg used in Hemlock Grove next season. <laughs> Actually, they said that it looks better than Olivia's leg. <laughs> so, oh, that's, Well, that's improvement then. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to be talking about... So we were, we were talking off air how we need to refresh your memory a little bit about this episode. And hopefully you can join in as we're talking about it. You know, we're going to ask you... We're going to try to get a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from you. So um, we're going to talk about... Peter's Vargolf intervention. Norman prepares to kill. Shelly, she's ready to go, ready to give up her cocoon. Dr. Galina Zelaznova Bordakovskaya is soup. Nice job. <laughs> That's good. I can't believe you remember that. You practiced practice, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Oh, we had two weeks off. You, you were practicing the whole time. I've been practicing all day. <laughs> Olivia, um, she asks 
for some help from Dr. Price. And uh, we'll discuss news and gossip. We'll get a little bit of an interview in with you. And uh, Never we'll ask Dr. Price for advice, by the way. No, yeah. never. Never. That, that there's, guy, there's a man with a private agenda. Yes, there's always an agenda. There's always an ulterior motive. And then we'll talk about predictions. So let's go ahead and talk about Peter's Vargulf intervention. So let's let's start at the beginning of the episode. So Peter... We, we open up the episode pretty much, and he is being tortured still. He got captured last episode in Unicorn, at the end of Unicorn episode 8. And he's got this spiked collar around his throat. He, if he transforms, that thing's going to kill him because he's, he's bigger than, you know, as a wolf, he's bigger than he is human, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they're just cutting him up, giving him slow, painful torture, trying to get info out of him. And they want to find out where the child is. And uh, so what did you guys think of that scene? Well, I thought it was great graphically and, you know, very, you know, very visceral type of scene. Was the six marks significant, though? Was, have we, has Peter turned six times against the moon already? I felt like that was signifying how many times he's already gone against the moon. Oh. Um, Did you count? Did you count how many times he's changed? There were six marks, but I feel like he's turned that many times already. It could very well be. Mm. Any significance in the six marks at all, David? I can't tell you that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Oh, Mm. man. This is going to have something to do with next season. There are Easter eggs all over this episode, and uh, I think you have to watch it a few times to figure it out. So I'm not going to give away that. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. But uh, let's. I thought it was something. It was kind of interesting, though, because as the his captors were torturing him, we have we have the henchman, and then we have the guy that's the prophet, right? So with the prophet, he uh, I think he ends up revealing, or or maybe it was the henchman that said, um, if you know, if you didn't save that boy, if you didn't save him, the one who's getting stung by bees, then he he was the last one. But it was kind of funny that they said that because then why are they still looking for Nadia? That was kind of going through my mind. I was pondering about that. But anyway, so the prophet, he ends up comparing himself to Noah. And he he, he says, did you guys catch that? Yeah. I that, mm-hmm. that, was, yeah. that was pretty good. I like how he throws, of course, you know, he's a really religious, zealotrous guy. And I love how he just compares. Normally you hear people comparing themselves to Jesus. But he compares himself to Noah. And it's like, hey, no one believed Noah until the floods came. Right. Yeah, but mm-hmm. also the the passage he was reciting was the second coming, which is you know the apocalypse, which that I thought was, was very interesting. Very good. I looked that <laughs> up too. It's yeah. a it's a poem by W. B. Yeats. Yeats. Yeah, yeah. He's an English writer, I believe. David. So what's what's up with oh, we we get yeah. that is that an Easter egg? Does that count yeah. as one? You know what. <laughs> The guys who write this show are absolute geniuses, and they're always layering more and more within the scenes. And in particular, when Chick Egley, who is the executive producer, also coming off shows like The Shield, Dark Angel, Walking Dead, he's always adding that extra layer. So when the script gets in his hands and then he starts to do his past, everything gets a lot richer and a lot deeper. And with Chick, I can guarantee you, Chick, you're probably watching this right now. <laughs> I know it's deep. So he really adds those. He really takes it to that next level. However, all the writers on a show are fabulous. And they're all real smart. A lot of expensive college education there. 
And uh, they're always putting in a lot of really clever things for the audience to dig. And I'm so happy you guys did the research and started to go back and look at the eats and look at the look at the scripture because it's all put in there for a reason. So I'm glad I'm glad that it's really landing with the audiences. We also noticed in this season they've added a lot more humor in in there and a lot more like transitions from the scenes. Like they'll do a comedic point from from. End one scene and it kind of starts like the next scene. Was that on purpose this year to add a bunch of those guys? You know, I think everybody felt the show was so, the season one was so heavy and so grim that, that, that I think to make the horror more horrifying and to make the scenes, uh, to make those heavy scenes land heavier that you need to counterbalance it a lot more with, 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 with humor, little bits of humor. And you know, what's really funny is Fomka. Fomka's mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> hilarious. She is, she actually loves the comedy and she's very, very good at it. So we actually started, Chick started writing more for her because we all sort of fell in love with her comedic chops. So right. it was exciting to, to give her more comedy. And I think there, you're going to see a little more of that this season, this next season. Nice. We liked it. You know, while we, <laughs> while we have you here, I, I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to actually kind of go off topic. Spoiler alert here, by the way. I wanted to go talk about more of uh, the next episode where... Well, this happened earlier in the season, too. So, Famka, as Olivia, she's, she does some a song at a karaoke bar. And then at the end of the season, we have her singing that same song, but it's on TV. Like, she got a DVD or something of her time on stage. Or someone was watching her. Or someone was watching her, perhaps. I didn't even think about that. So, what's the... What's the symbolism behind behind that? Well, I like the I like the fact that it's it could be someone watching. I actually know it's a little bit different, but it's uh, I like the fact that you're reading into it. <laughs> <laughs> but in actual fact, what that that what that what that's really about is just for clarification. And again, spoiler alert, and that is for those that haven't watched all of it and are still working their way through the series. Um, but not to give too much away. That's really the DVD from the karaoke club that reappears later. So I think you followed that one quite, quite well. <laughs> so. So, so it's going to come up again at, at the end, or rather in the next season? It's going to resurface, perhaps? All I know is this. Next season, having heard some of the outline of what's happening for this for next season, it's absolutely crazy. Talk about going completely up the river. It's, oh. it's crazy. Crazy. Wow. Yay. So there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of Spivak. There's some crazy stuff there. We're going to see him again. Um, obviously, all the characters are back, and there's some crazy stuff happening. And when I heard it today, it was over, it was actually at lunch, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, but for, for iTunes and, listeners, and you know his mouth is agape. On the table. <laughs> it is on the table. That's dropping. the sound of open. So, uh, and, uh, I think it's really, I think that the show, uh, from what I've been told, where they want to take it is, uh, I think it's in the new territory. I think, you know, they're going to break the shackles of where they were and really push into a new direction. And uh, there might even be a slight, uh, slight adjustment in the look of the show, um, introduction of some new characters, maybe some surprise deaths. Right. Of course. Oh, it's, good it's night gonna, is always dead. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be the last season. Why not have some surprise yeah. deaths? <laughs> and they say it's the last season. Who oh. knows? Oh. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> the final yeah. season. Wow. So, is that really, how can it really be the final season? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. After three, you know? so much. Yeah. Or maybe spinoffs or... I sure hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. 
I'm just I'm captivated, David. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you guys are fans, and 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 we you know I don't uh, when we did the screening the the premiere at the ArcLight, it was amazing to watch 500 fans at watching the screen. I sat in the back and actually watched the audience watch mm. the show, and it was real fun to see it on a huge screen. But it was also fun just to see how 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 in love and how kind of crazy they are for the show yeah. and how people like during again for those that haven't seen it but the transformation the first one to yeah. see the audience clapping for that and to get real excited and to look over at their friends and point at the screen very exciting so it was yeah. kind of it was real fun so i'm really excited and really really happy this year about how the audience has um responded the 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 watching the feeds the twitter feeds has been remarkable and seeing how the fans have been responding and even just so much better than season 1 we're just real excited about sort of the upward trend of 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 what the fans think of the show the way you guys are really looking into the show and like seeing all the new stuff that's being done everything from like how we're adding comedy and how we're how cinematically we're changing the show how we're really working on character and how the writing team has really been working on on building story and 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 just making the show just more fun to watch and 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 moving away from you know what the book the novel did and then just taking to all new territory so it's cool it's fun how closely did you work with uh, Brian McGreevy during the season? Brian, we worked with uh, fairly... Cons- season one, he was really involved. Season two, he was more involved with his other project. He sold another TV show, so he's been working heavily on that. So we worked with him. He would come in and look at scripts and work with scripts, uh, give his, you know, making sure that it was still tonally kind of the world that he had created. And so Brian would be there, I would say maybe 50% of the time versus season one where he was there 100% of the time. And uh, that's what happens when you get successful. (laughs) 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 But Brian, the spirit of Brian always there, you know, like I'm always making the show for, you know, whenever I make a show, there's always a few people I'm shooting for, but, but Brian's definitely the spirit of what he created always there and always important. We're always being true to that, true to it. Does he ever respond? Like, was he super impressed with the transformations and things that you guys have done? Brian is a man. Have you, have you met Brian? No. He's, a man, he's a man of few words. Oh, okay. So he'll be like this. <laughs> really stoic. Yeah. He doesn't say a lot. He just sort of hangs out in the background. He's like this. So again, for those that are listening, He's, have, he's not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought of writing episodes yourself? Because you've done a lot of the directing and producing, but have you ever thought of penning an episode? I am not a writer. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. My job is to take scripts and try to put them on film. So that's what I prefer to do. I don't think I have what it takes to be a writer. In fact, I know I don't have what it takes to be a writer because <laughs> I can't sit in a room by myself for five minutes. So, And writing is a solo sport, which directing is a team sport. Yeah, that sure is. You, speaking of directing, I, I don't want. I, I kind of. I want to kind of go into my questions right now. My interview questions a little bit for you. You've directed so many things, like so much television. Television that I love. One of the things that I, you, you've directed, Blade, the series. <laughs> you, you you did uh, Hell on Wheels. Love Hell on Wheels. You you've done. Uh, you did Rush just recently. Uh, you've uh, one of my favorites. You did Enterprise. So many episodes of Enterprise, and I love that show. And I remember last year when I was uh, when I was doing Hemlock Grove this podcast, and I was watching Enterprise last year on Netflix. 
I see your name there too. And I'm like, what? You did this? You did this episode? That's so amazing. It's nice to see those connections. And it really shows your the longevity of your career and how long you've been around in the industry. And it, it's really nice to see that. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, it's been uh, uh, every day I wake up and I get a chance to work on a TV show. I feel real fortunate. I mean, it's... You know, to, I mean, it's it's so hard to keep a career going, and it's so hard to, um, it's you know, you just you know, you just have to just keep delivering. You know, you, you have to walk out there every day and 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 point to the upper deck. I mean, you always have to try to deliver a home run. So that's what I try to do. And I've worked with like amazing writers and amazing cinematographers and obviously amazing actors. And uh, that's the other part is I feel like when you're a television director and you walk into an episode, you get whatever script they hand you. It's not like, hey, you know what? I'll just pass on that one and take what's behind door number two. You get what's delivered to you and then you have to make something out of it. And sometimes, uh, and but fortunately, over the past few years, I've also been getting amazing scripts. The Hell on Wheels I just did was a phenomenal script. It was a great idea. We got a chance to shoot a Mexico sequence. It was really fun, and it was a, it was a wonderful script written by Mark Richard. Very fortunate to get great scripts. Working on the show I'm on now, I read the scripts, and I feel real fortunate. So it also helps when you get great scripts, and that helps, I think, make a career. And some of it's luck, and some of it's luck <laughs> well, oh, well we're on that one because one of my questions was your career from the Wienerville Hanukkah was that the first one that's listed on there <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah till now is there's like wow what are the biggest things <laughs> you're going there <laughs> I thought I had to it was such a great title I was like I gotta oh my God. but no I mean you've had this amazing career so is, are there things that you like um Oh gosh, what am I trying to say? Like, um, like biggest things that you've learned, or things that you would go back and tell that person, that young director starting out, that you wish you knew at that point, or maybe for all those other young directors out there right now. I think the best lesson I learned was working on on House and working with Hugh Laurie, who to me uh, was my best teacher. And I found as an actor, um, with a guy like that who's always thinking, he's always working the material. He's never not thinking about the job. When he's offset, he's thinking about the job. But working with him and working real close to him, I, I've learned to work really like to be to to physically work very closely with actors and watch them and watch what I call I say watch their gas tank, watch what's happening on the, in their eyes, and watch where they're uh, uh, kind of what they're thinking and to really pay very very close attention to. Um, uh, not just what you're, how, how they're responding to what you're saying, but really just watching their physical personality and watching their, watching what they, you know, how they, how they'll sit back and listen to you or how they'll, um, how they'll lean into a comment that you're making or how they'll reject an idea. And working with him, for example, was a great lesson in, in, in working really closely with actors and getting good, good, good performances. And it's literally about being very, you know, being very close with your cast, not directing from the chair, but directing up close and, and making sure that you're not just some guy behind a wall, but that you're physically with them and that you feel and that you're a partner with the actors. And I think that that makes the performances sometimes just, you know, creep up another 10% and then the show just gets that much better. So that's what I learned from him. Maybe that's my that's my probably the, my best secret, which I just gave away. Great, <laughs> <laughs> so. hey, thanks. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and jump ahead in the the Vargolf intervention. Let's go to actually right to the intervention. So they bring him <laughs> in. It's like it's like an addiction what he's doing, 
really, honestly. Peter is, he just keeps using his power to to get out of these situations more easily. He doesn't want to take the hard way, which is usually the better way out, right? But instead, he keeps reverting to, you know what, I'm just going to change. I'm going to change against the moon. And Destiny brings in this guy, this other Romany gypsy dude, who has experience with Vargolfs. And it turns out his dad was a Vargolf. Or was it his grandfather? I think it was his dad, right? Father. His father. His father was a Vargolf too. And he looks at Peter and he's like, you got the same look in your <laughs> eyes that he did. And uh, and Peter is just like, he even pushes down Destiny. Like, what are you doing? I don't want any of this stuff. And he realizes, hey, he's really, he has become different. You know, he's, before, we, we've been talking about this the whole season, David. Before, Peter was like the sweetest, nicest mm-hmm. guy very compassionate this season he's he's done a 180 he's like very he's he's completely different compared to roman them they too are friends but they're on opposite ends of the spectrum right now and uh and he's just he doesn't realize what he's turning into so the guy tells him one more time you change the wolf is gonna have you and he can't help it so the the guys we we have the masked men infiltrate the place right <laughs> mm-hmm. the cult they come in and uh, everybody wants that baby everybody yeah. wants, everybody wants that baby yeah that music was For awesome guys. though yeah. yeah yeah it was it was really fun really exciting scene and there was so much going on Conway gets an arrow to the chest <laughs> oh, right poor Conway poor Conway <laughs> Uh, yeah, pinned and, against the wall too. Totally, <laughs> totally pinned against the wall. What and a way and to the go. mentor guy shot too. Yeah, second mm-hmm. most expendable person. Yes, in the room. <laughs> he barely got any screen time. Gone, bolted right in the chest. He, he said his piece and done. <laughs> yeah. What What was the decision to use arrows instead of guns? Hang on, there's an answer, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Well, I'll keep thinking. No, I'll yeah. keep. Oh, well, you know, you know what it though. was. I believe that the reason they did it was for to be stealthy, and they didn't want to. The gun aspect, I think, was going to give them away. Yeah, was yeah. the reason for the crossbows. David Paul Francis, if you're out there, call me because <laughs> you have the answer. <laughs> you wrote the episode. Oh, okay. Well, it makes sense because yeah. all the scenarios when we see them like try to murder the families, they're very stealthy and you know inconspicuous. So it it makes sense that they want to go with arrows to draw less attention. But last episode, oh, there's also a biblical reference too to the arrows. Oh yeah, see, I was thinking, I wanted, we yeah. talked yeah. about yeah, yeah we talked little... about when the uh, bishop got. You know, <laughs> impaled with arrows, lots of arrows. Yeah. So, what what was the biblical reference again? Did you? Uh, it was that uh, Saint. Oh, I'm completely forgetting his name now. Um, but the the saint that got impaled with arrows. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. I was thinking like this. I'm thinking like back to Rambo. This is what I'm thinking. Back <laughs> to the eighties. I'm thinking like a, a bow and arrow is much more noble than using a gun. And if these guys mm-hmm. think they're so you know holier than thou. Then they're going to be using something that's that's not like a conventional weapon. There was definitely a, a there was definitely a desire to go a little more like old school and traditional. There's definitely was thinking that was definitely the thinking when they went with the uh, with the um, the crossbows. Plus, it's a cool weapon. Yeah, yeah. it is. It, they were There's also cool. a cool factor. <laughs> they had lasers on serious. the crossbows. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that? Those things were fast. Yeah. And, and they didn't use grenades this time. Last <laughs> no. episode, they had grenades in the truck. So, uh, I'm glad they didn't go explosive you on the house. Hey, they got you know, they, they, they got to save the baby. 
They, they so, do. They do. So, that house is too ahead. nice, too. So they wanted to save the baby. I like that. Yeah, it's a nice house. Oh, man. That place is so nice. So, By the way, Billy Gearhart directed this episode mm-hmm. and, yes. again, did a fantastic job. And we'll get into some of the other stuff. But uh, I just thought that opening sequence he did was phenomenal and just brought a whole energy to it and is a wonderful, energetic director, which I think is always important with our show that we get real filmmakers. There's my plug for Billy. <laughs> I want my 10%, Billy. <laughs> I completely agree because the opening sequence, you had all those quick flashes and, you know, it mm-hmm. set the, a chaotic tone for the episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing is we filmed that in uh, the middle of winter. And I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. remembers how cold it was. And everything we shot was like 40 below. And that opening sequence with... Uh, with Landon, with the shirtless, who likes to be shirtless, but doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all. It was like that was an incredible winter to make that show. It was, and everything was cold. Didn't matter what stage we were on. Didn't matter what location we were on. Didn't matter what old crappy factory we filmed in. Freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Troopers. I really, I really like all the cutting too. Like you were saying, because it also puts us in the in their mindset. So mm-hmm. really, I feel like we really are able to go into the characters more this season because of things like that. Yeah. Yeah, all those flashes. So great. So good. And, and each episode, too. Like, I was... The one thing I'm really proud of the show is, like, each episode is a unique film, and you'll see that each one is filmed... Each one has a different feel to it, or is cut in a, a different way. And and I look at the first episode to the last episode, and we kept sort of changing, looking at different editorial styles to tell the story. It never was fully... wasn't always consistent. We tried different things to try to get into that psychology of, of where each episode was. So I think that each one's a little bit of a... A little bit different. I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of having different directors, different episodes for Hemlock Grove, and that's what make makes Hemlock Grove such a yeah. unique, like this this horror sci fi show. And I love it. You you seem to have like a taste for the sci fi, you know, with doing some <laughs> Blade, Enterprise, and, and this show. Wienerville. <laughs> <laughs> the Hanukkah special. That, by the way, was a hundred years ago. <laughs> the internet did not exist a hundred when that show was made. <laughs> I really want to watch it now, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's now on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So we end up having uh, the prophet break in ultimately, which was so funny that they all the other guys and they were all they all had names by the way. All of the each of the na- uh, each of the henchmen who had masks, mm-hmm. they were named like Primero. They were all, they all had Italian names, am I right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They, and they were named just numbers, which was so funny. And uh, they end up going through the whole maze and the whole like l- labyrinth that is his house, Roman's house. They all get wasted. One of them gets knifed in the crotch by <laughs> destiny. Oh. Awesome. And Good then, girl. And then, yeah, great. Tough girl. And then we have the prophet easily break in through the glass. I didn't even know there was a glass window inside the baby's room. So he gets in there. He's about to waste Wasn't, her. No, I'm going to argue with you on easily. He, okay. he rappelled down the side of the building and came in through the through the window. Ah, That's true. Okay, so. you know what? So the way I looked at it, I am just the way it looked in there. I thought it was like a sub level, but it wouldn't make sense though because it is higher. Yeah. They're going upstairs. Yeah, it's not yeah. sub. So he did have to get on top. Correct. And he actually, if you look carefully, he actually rappels in. That's right. He swings in through the window. So the, the he was a, he was a capable mm-hmm. athlete. <laughs> he was. He was. And, and by the way, we uh, I thought I brought this up last time or maybe two episodes ago. He looks like Lance Henriksen. 
who played Bishop in sure, Aliens. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, that's you know, and he's also a th- the thing is that we we hired a, he was a theater actor or is a theater actor. He's actually not really dead, and uh, but he's uh, he's he's so he's not really from he's not from the television background. He's actually or from the film background. We found him from theater. We found someone that had a little more kind of a more classical training. So hadn't seen the guy before, and you're absolutely right. He does look like Lance. <laughs> so. He does cool actor though. Yeah, really neat. Yeah, great. Yeah. He, so you know that explains it. See the whole theatrical thing. That just to me, that's why he delivered that Yates line so great. And he was able to do that. And I just I just imagine him like, why did he deliver that line? And I, I, I wonder to myself, why did they put that in there? And was it because he was looking at Peter's face and he was just giving them this like this really dark gaze kind of this the pitiless gaze, right? <laughs> or was he was he saying it was the character saying this because they're trying to find the child. They're trying to kill these children to bring about the apocalypse, and that's why it's the Yates like second coming mm-hmm. poem. So many thoughts going through my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got it all. I mean, you've really covered yeah. that scene well. I think I worked on that scene for quite a while. As well. <laughs> I didn't go that deep into it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk. But about yeah, it. no, a great actor, oh. and by the, and 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 made that scene, mm-hmm. and makes yeah. makes that that whole cult. I felt work really really well, and yet another crazy group of people who wanted the baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did. It, and it was great too that we got to know him for what two or three episodes. We got to really mm-hmm. see him a little bit here and yeah. there, and he was just this ominous, ominous figure. And then finally. He gets easily killed by yeah. a child. Just his brain what gets like crushed by psionic yeah, waves from yeah. the inside. I don't know how easily? I mean, that baby had power. The baby yeah. has power, so it's not. I mean, he didn't really walk into a trap. He yeah. he didn't know what he was after. When yeah. He came to the baby. Yeah. He didn't expect Nadia mm-hmm. to be like that. Yeah. How did you pull off the the eye bleeding? I know that was pr- probably practical effects and whatnot, but how was that done? The eye bleeding. Yeah, when Nadia stares at him and then he just combusts pretty much. The one thing that I'm really adamant about, and that is we have a lot of cool tricks that we do on our show that are still movie magic, movie secrets. (laughs) I don't want to give that away. No, I don't want to give that away. I think we do. I think there's a lot of stuff I'm really proud of on the show that people have asked, how did you do that? And I'm, it's a secret. Keep the mystery. Yeah, no, it's like, I, I mean, everybody knows how to make everything. And we're still doing things that I think are. Our, our original and uh, secret and secret stuff. Uh, secret I, I stuff. like that too because you, you guys do have so many of them and that's part of our fun of watching is like what are they going to do next or how yeah. is the next person going to go and it's yeah so it's nice to kind of keep how that a secret how much more bloodier can you get <laughs> yeah I think the, the blood coming out of um, <sighs> out of uh Miranda? Miranda's neck. Yes. The 40, yeah. we in pump, the kitchen? I'll tell, I will tell you one thing. We yeah. pumped 40 gallons of blood. Oh! So that yes. was actually a lot of fun to shoot. And uh, that was fun to see that. That was one of the mo- moments of great humor, too. Because right after... Now I'm going to forget her line. Right after his line. He says something at? like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was yeah, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, didn't he say <laughs> like something about breakfast? Well, or no, something he, about because uh, she was talking about food and what she does, and and she was like, "What did you hear anything I said?" He's like, "Yeah, you're vegan." Yeah, that's, yes, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. So I love that you know all the lines. I, yeah. <laughs> I read that script probably twenty times. That's it's just it's it's really penetrated yeah. our brains. It's just <laughs> deep deep that's, in there. How many times it. do you watch the show? That's my question. I think yeah. I've watched that scene probably three times. What the psh- the spraying <laughs> scene and blinds after it? Yeah. I think after we looked at that when we were cutting it, it was like, 
wow. <laughs> that's really, we've pushed it. Yeah. And that's, so. that's the beauty about doing shows for Netflix versus any other network television thing or even cable is that cable restricts you so much. You guys are self-censoring on Netflix. Am I right? We are self well, we are self censoring. There's very little that they're saying don't do. They're by the way the greatest the greatest boss to work for. They really are the mm-hmm. they're the it's the best game in town, in my opinion. I think they're 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 cool, they're they're they make smart choices, they care about cinema, they want they want cinema, they want exciting stories, they want things to be beautiful. They're great because they're a great client. And you know yeah, what? That's great. just about that scene still, the blood gushing scene. It's that there's beauty in the grotesqueness of that too. And that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah, like Romans. It. Yeah, it's, poetic it's, too. Mm-hmm. it's Roman's beauty. That's what he wants in that movie, it, it, moment. It's like he's, it's like he's making love to her <laughs> when she, her blood is just gushing all over him. That might be, mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite scene from, from the season. Well, there's <laughs> maybe one other one, but. I I love that. What the other one? Uh, well, it's coming up in your next episode, so I don't want to talk too much about it. We can talk yeah, about yeah. it yeah. later on. A, we we'll, try we'll we try to do just one yeah. at a yeah. time, and then we know everybody. We here. all watch the show, so go yeah. ahead and talk yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, talk about it. Go ahead. So what's what's your other favorite one? I I'm I really like the the the, the reveal of Spivak at the end of the show. I think mm-hmm. that's like really fun and original, completely out there, completely unexpected by anybody. And, uh, I mean, it's, again, it's sort of people have said, what, <laughs> what happens? So I like that moment. I, I really like that. And I, I, that to me is my, my other favorite because it's so unexpected. Yeah. And if we mm-hmm. can do that, if we can continue to make things unexpected and the audience goes, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what we're here to do. I'll tell you what, definitely. You kept me in for another season. Just having that ending of of season two, like, Spivak's the guy? He's the one? It is funny because we had talked about him. We knew he was creepy before we went and watched the whole season. We were like, there's something weird about that guy. He's creepy. But I still, even having that note in our heads, never thought that's where he was where that he, was going it's questionable because you we see all these people in hemlock grove they tend to be more calm more mysterious and then he seems like the only nor nice normal guy mm-hmm. who just a little bit too normal and a little bit too nice <laughs> so you, you had to question him it's like he's not like anybody else yeah. at hemlock why oh, is he there good. and you yeah. did you guys know did you know that he was going to be a, ba- a big bad or did you think that yeah. uh no, no. Spo- spoiler okay. alert by the way yeah. guys so I, he ends up. You guys becoming, are saying where everyone's yeah. watching I mean, the show. Yeah. There, there was the quick flash of a silhouette in a doorway that looked oh. like an office door. So it had to be someone who was a consultant, doctor, whatever. See that? Oh, I was thinking quick flash. So that's from the dream sequences. Yeah, that's, that's, dream that's amazing. You guys catch yeah. that? I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Because when you do the work, you're like, ah, they're never going to see this, and it's like, no, you guys see everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, we know we know that. We know that the audience will like rewind and rewind and rewind. <laughs> Play it frame nice. by frame. So we try not to. We always try to not say too too much because we want people to be surprised. Yeah. you can say and rewind so much. and look and you know rewind and keep looking at it or talk about it with their friends or tweet about it that was a very very specific nugget we threw in there mm-hmm. it's exciting <laughs> I love it I love it you get to say it worked yeah. yep <laughs> it's great great so let's talk about Norman a little bit we're running out of time here we're almost we're almost done yeah. with our with our time with you David but we're, let's kind of rush through stuff and, and we'll see if we can like get some more nuggets out of you mm-hmm. uh, so Norman he prepares to kill and uh, we we see him uh, paying off Leticia 
uh, Leticia Padilla. We, I think we, this is the first time we learned her last name. Uh, his private investigator. And he gives her an absurd amount of money. We don't know how much. And she's just like, whoa, this is too much. You know, I can't. Why, can, why are you giving me this? And I'm thinking to myself, he's doing it because he knows he's going to be going somewhere. Either he's going to die, he's going on a suicide mm-hmm. mission, or he's preparing to go to jail. He just wants to give away his possessions. So... He ends up paying her off. She follows him. She catches him. Before she does that real quick, though, I oh, thought it was interesting. Ahead. She planted a pretty nice kiss on him, like, before she... Yeah. Bet. And I was like, that's an interesting choice. Um, but something I would have liked to have seen to see more of. Yeah. I actually was like, I like this combo. Interesting. And also the fact that they did the quick shots of just the photographs of Marie uh-huh. and, and uh, you know, the daughter. Because it shows that he's not thinking about Olivia anymore. He's thinking about the family he used to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what was the choice to have her plant the kiss? Hmm. So it's kind of out of well, I you know look. I mean, I think it's it's, again one of the many layers of hemlock. It's always nice to put in something where you go, whoa, that was a bit more than we wanted, (laughs) (laughs) or I want more. (laughs) You know what? And and that's what just what the way you described it. That's exactly the intention is to you know is there a romance? Is this going to go somewhere? Mm -hmm. Just another another. Another way to lead the audience down the path, or was there a romance the ro- before? Oh well, you see, that's another that's another good question too. You can always build a backstory. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. So, oh yeah, no problem. So yeah, she stops him. She goes to um, she goes to Sheriff Schusser with the evidence uh, and the confession, pretty much. Uh, she gives him the gun. Schusser calls in his deputy. <laughs> To arrest her, and I'm thinking to myself, what is he doing this for? That was like out of left field. I wrote a big why on that yeah. one. I was like, why did he? Why did he do that? But then yeah. we find out later why. Yeah, and the, and the reason is because he wants Olivia to himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And wh- whether he does it or someone else does it, and the best person to do it is Norman, because he's still sleeping with her. He's still close to her. Mm-hmm. She still loves him we got to see so much of the episode olivia we'll probably try to talk about so later but she's like professing her love about norman and we have them go into it looks like the morgue of the sheriff's department Mm -hmm. and they get a corpse they practice on the corpse giving the thrust (laughs) giving the the abdominal thrust (laughs) into the corpse was that actually an actress or a prosthetic corpse Again, one of the secrets of Hamlet. <laughs> like give that away. Oh, it's the cool stuff. I love how the knife flew out like the first time it goes <laughs> yeah. flying back. That I did not expect, honestly. <laughs> that the Pretty... knife would like fly off like yeah. that. He struck yeah. the sternum. He needs, you know, Norman's out of practice being a uh, being an MD, so he really <laughs> had to get back in there and learn how to knife operate. Um, yeah, no, I can't tell you how that's done. It's too much, it's too much fun. Keep the mystery going. Oh, that's great. That's, so that's the party line, anyway. I can't get. I can't give it away. <laughs> no problem. So he he and we finished the episode. Let's with just him say just, one thing. Oh, go ahead. Maybe there was something to do with a real morgue when we filmed that sequence. Oh, ah. something to do with mm. a real morgue. Okay. So I'll leave it at that. That's a little tease. Yeah. All right. You can look Another it up. Another Easter egg. The episode <laughs> yeah. finishes with blood just getting all over Norman's face, and he's ready. He's ready to do it. He he want. He's bloodthirsty now. Chesser has turned him to like really be ready to take on Olivia. Um, Shelly. So Shelly, she's mm-hmm. ready to go. And there's a short scene. We didn't have too much of Shelly in this, in this episode, right? But there is an important mm-hmm. scene where she starts talking with Price. 
Mm-hmm. By the way, we loved everything <laughs> that went on with Price this season. Great. Mm-hmm. So Fan- good. Fantastic. Joel De La Fuente, fantastic actor. So much. He has evolved since season one. And he, he just turned Price into something so, like, that we love so much with all those little jokes that you guys threw in there mm-hmm. with the, the eye mask. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Priceless stuff. That's awesome. Priceless. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, um, Shelly talking about twins and feeling each other's emotions. And then also when you go to Price's office, you have these two sculptures. And then also going back to the portrait in the back, you know, the twin DNA. Chromosomes. Uh, chromosomes. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of t- twin references in Price's life. So it, it's just like a parallelism of what he's trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, all there. It's, yeah. it's Visually, it's there. Yeah. But he convinces her. This is like his final opportunity to convince her to be like, hey, so do you want to kill yourself now? Mm-hmm. Do you want it? And it's so funny how he like really, really just... He just really convinced her. He manipulated the hell out of her, and sure, he's doing it for a good reason for his for his self, you know, for him, his own motivations. But to her, she got really brainwashed. I feel, and it's so funny because he's telling her like, "You're gonna live on. You're gonna be that thing. You're gonna be Priscilla. You're gonna be Shelley number two. But re- in reality, is she? It, if you think about like maybe metaphysically." You know, her consciousness is going to live on. Mm-hmm. But really, if you think about it, it is like twins. It's like you're just you're you have the same DNA or in this case, it's the same thoughts. But you're another person and you're going to die and she's going to live and you're really going to die. I, and I mm-hmm. love that moment with Price. I, I love how he dances and makes that a, com- a convincing and compelling argument that you'll just simply move on and take on the new but the new body and this old body will be. I, I love that. I love how he, how not only how Joel plays that as a, as a as a character, but I love Price how he dances around that, and it's all kind of makes it sort of okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, just exciting stuff on this season. I'm I'm glad you guys, by the way, like Joel and 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 how he's, he's really become fantastic and so likable, and uh, and also he's grown so much in importance in the show too as the season season went on so mm-hmm. we're real we're i mean i i'm thrilled with what he did this with the character this year i loved in this episode too really he stood up to olivia again and he had a great like he was really commanding and you know told her how she never cares has never cared for anybody but herself i love that moment price always has the right thing to say uh-huh. yeah it was great because we also saw olivia's transformation just as a upier turning human with her humanistic qualities that she was acting kind of like very childish like mm-hmm. a kid you know yeah. you, you, sh- you can't do this and then like emma what am i gonna do just die so just her you know coming to realization that she can die it was very childlike and then he was like the <clears throat> father yelling mm-hmm. chastising her price mm-hmm. is done with olivia for the last like for this whole season <laughs> pretty much he, she used to be yeah. his plaything. he used to be like experimenting taking blood samples from her trying to do something we don't know what with his experiments but now he's like you know what she's done she's gone i got priscilla now AKA Shelly number two. I'm going to have my fun with her and, and whatever. But Olivia, oh, I'll just pawn you off on this oncologist mm-hmm. guy so you can die a slow death. I'm not going to tell you what's really going to cure you. I'm going to tell you about berries. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. have, oh, it's going to cure the cancer. It's going to be wonderful. Don't worry about it. And then Dr. Galena Zelaznova Bordakovskaya, <laughs> she ends up de- debunking the myth. Yeah. And she's like, 
that it was debunked long ago. You know, what, <laughs> is he trying to give you horse soup again? What you know? And she, she gets it's a good accent, by the way. Do a good, do a good Galena. And then she gets what's coming to her because she tries to poison Roman, right, mm-hmm. to make it so that the experiment, or rather, the uh, his his Uberism that's supposed to be eliminated through Price's treatments. The He's last good. one. The last mm-hmm. one, it, she puts some poison in there, whatever it's going to be, to just mess up the whole process and kill him. And he just leaves. Thankfully, he leaves. And he just goes right to the nutrient concentrate, gets himself pumped full of that stuff, and he gets the Uberism back. Yes. Once an addict, always an addict. <laughs> yes. There's no 12-step program for Uperism. <laughs> and I love, too, how you guys call it Uperism and not vampirism or vampires at all mm. or anything like that. I, I love that. It's great. Trying to be original. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that sets apart Hemlock Grove from all the other vampire stories that are already out there. So it makes it original. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny how he put... Well, not that this would affect... Roman, but if there was a, let's just say a normal person put an IV randomly somewhere, if there's air in there, you're going to get an air embolism and you're going to die on the spot. But of course, you know, his superism can counteract all that stuff and mm-hmm. he can survive. So Dr. Galena tries sneaking up on him. Why would you sneak up on an Upir when he's getting his fill and about to change back and get strong again? Right? She wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. Clearly. <laughs> Hindsight's a biatch. Yeah. But so. what happened to her was one of my favorite oh, things in the season. <laughs> she is in the I loved soup. it. She, she's turned into the nutrient concentrate mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Her head floats in. Yes, her head floats right. Now she's a failed experiment, too. Yep. No one's safe at Godfrey. Mm-hmm. No, no one's safe at Godfrey, Inc. Mm-hmm. You no. walk into that haunted house, <laughs> you're never coming out. That place is a maze of death. It is a major death. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's dead, gone. Even Olivia was shocked. She's so emotional now. She's like so close to being human. She's just like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> well, right before that, she was right. so happy saying, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I have a whole new happy perspective. And then that happens. So yeah. uh, all the emotional upheavals is great. It is great. It's it's so nice to see that. And yeah, again, we kind of broached it a little bit before, but Olivia, she's, she knows what she's going to do with her life now. She wants to be with Norman. She Even if she's going to die in a few months or a few years, whatever, she wants to be with Norman. She wants to be with her granddaughter. She wants to be with Roman, even though he's rejecting her completely. Shelly, she just wants her family. And even if she's going to die of cancer, which is a completely original idea, thanks to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> a vampire dying of cancer. So good. Oh, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah. season three, there's a lot. Oh, my God. Just even hearing what you guys are saying, it's, it's going to go a whole... It's real exciting what's happening. So, again, go. I can't give it anyone. Right. Well, yes. you you gave us some good teases, some good nuggets of information. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, it's apocalyptic. Yes. When will you guys start shooting season three? Season three starts. Uh, they're going to start... Uh, the writing is started, and uh, they start shooting in December approximately December 1st and all through to the spring of 2015. Wow. Another winter. <laughs> In Toronto. We're still waiting yeah. for the Hawaii uh, the Hawaii yeah. episode, but it's not going <laughs> Wow. Oh, that's great. Uh, did anybody else have anything to add about this particular episode? Any of the topics? Yeah, no, just great. All I can say is don't underestimate Olivia's return. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-uh. She is... It, it, well... 
from the last episode of the season. She is black as night now. She's back to it. She's so back. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's the symbolism of tintypes? Because, I mean, we see some of the portraits, but they're just regular portraits. But what's the symbolism of calling this episode tintypes? Oh, my God. I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> Had to. David Paul Francis, if you're out there, please text me right now. <laughs> You can comment well, on iTunes after the thing. Let, yeah. let our listeners know. They're like that kind of doesn't know anything about the show. It's crazy. How do you work it? Actually, I was craft services. I had nothing to do with it. So, okay. well, it's funny actually because yeah. you guys have paid attention to the titles of the show, and like mm-hmm. so many times, the titles of the show don't mean anything. So, this one it does though. Yeah. But one we does. often don't pay attention to them because they never they never appear anywhere on the show. But now it's like on the internet. It's on the mm-hmm. it's on the um, Netflix you know, on the title of each episode. So Yeah, I just think of tin types back to the eighteen hundreds, eighteen fifties, during the Civil War when they were, you know, becoming big. Um, you know, families used tin types and stuff for photography, portraits back then. So I'm just wondering if the storyline just started at that time, because we're still roughly trying to figure out the timeline and I'm like really how old is Olivia? Maybe that's a hint of maybe time. Who knows? Perhaps. Speculating. Mm-hmm. Just Big connection. Tweet at it. I know. Tweet it at us later. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, and I know how old Olivia is. So. Oh, oh, you do? Are you going to share yeah. that with no. us? Oh, no. no. Man. <laughs> Curse it. Oh, man. Oh, well, let's just go ahead and move into our news and gossip. After Buzz <laughs> TV News. So, um, I just had uh, a couple of things to talk about. Um, I wanted to discuss uh landon libowiron he's got a lot of photos up on instagram now a lot more followers he he was just doing like one a week before but he jumped up and he's got like 12 posts on there so it's it's he's big time now (laughs) but on his twitter uh at 77 flipped he actually (laughs) tweeted out this really cool i'm a big fan of anime and he tweeted out this really cool looking which i tweeted from my account you can follow me at sean austin o to find it um this this cool looking anime like watercolor mm. portrait of of him it's a profile of of him as peter and uh and then across from him is uh is actually roman and they look so cool drawn anime style it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, but check that out and then also at demore barnes demore barnes plays chasseur Awesome. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know he had a Twitter account. I was bree- breezing through all the Twitters, and I found him thanks to Joel De La Fuente. He, t- he tweeted out that, hey, go ahead and follow my buddy here, my co-star <laughs> on the show. And and now I'm following him. You guys should give um, Demore Barnes a follow, too, because he does such a great job on the show. It's great job. Mm-hmm. And really an impressive young actor, too. Just brought a lot to the show, brought a lot to the scene, so, or brought a lot to the series, so yeah. exciting. Yeah. We, him and... Uh, him and Dr. Price, my favorite characters on the show. I love both of them so, so much mm-hmm. this season. They're just amazing, amazing characters. And we're always, you know, we're, we're I think we always find people, too. I mean, our, our, I think our show launches careers. So we're bringing, you know, we find people that are, that I, that I think are new and not a lot of exposure. I think we take, you know, we take pride in that mm-hmm. and, and give them an opportunity. And I think our casting is always exciting and there's always like really cool people we, we bring to the, bring to set. Yeah, and it's a great place to start careers, too, Mm -hmm. because it's on an international platform, so you get great coverage. It is. (laughs) And 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, did you have something to mention about news? Oh, I just I uh, just read briefly. They they had said that in the coming days we would be getting some more insights into season three. There was just an article yesterday that said that. So, but I don't know how much we'll get since we're not getting any secrets out of this guy tonight. So that's the best <laughs> part of our business. That. It's yeah. like Christmas. You got to wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> And also, we saw um, Madeline Bird on her Twitter account a couple days ago. Um, uh, you know who, of course, plays Miranda. She parachuted uh, out of a plane, which and she posted some fun photos. That's right, and she did. It was tandem parachuting. Yeah. Tandem. It was, she got a certificate of it too. She also posted that yeah. on her Twit pics. So check those out. Those are fun. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It looks like she had a good time. Yeah. But uh, I don't it? have any pictures. So. <laughs> you don't have, what about some news and gossip from you, David? All I can tell you is, uh, well, first of all, I'm really excited about the next season. So that's something to be... Congratulations. Yeah, yeah no, we're so thrilled. We are really happy yeah. to get renewed. It was really exciting when that happened. And um, and uh, I'm also excited about the new Narcos series. Woo! So yeah. That's a whole other thing. A different, just, a different adventure. You just work so well with Netflix, don't you? Happy to have the job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How? What's it like to be running into... Your um your Hemlock Grove comrades into different shows like uh, Darren Serafian. He also directed an episode of Rush. Did That's you overlap with him at all? Well, Darren actually was the directing producer on Rush, so uh, he's actually responsible for a good part of my career because he hires <laughs> me. So he's actually been he's actually been my boss. He was my boss on House. He was my boss on Rush. He was my boss on a series called The Cape. So yeah. he brings his. Some of his guys he likes onto his shows, and Rush was another one of them. So it's great, yeah. But we see each other a lot. I mean, lots of lots of directors. You know, we run into each other. Yeah, different shows, small community. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and move into our predictions. <laughs> we got the lights too. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> well. I've got a few predictions. Some of them, uh, I'm going to omit some because I know they're just, what? That already happened, you know? <laughs> so um, I think Shelly, number one, she's going to die. By the way, I wrote these when I was watching at the end of episode nine. Okay. So I, I'm just saying what I wrote at the time. Shelly, number one, is going to die. Shelly, number two, is going to be under Price's control. Somehow. Um, Olivia will find that Price has been manipulating her. Which obviously he has. Um, Price manipulating. (laughs) Uh, She's gonna go after him for giving her cancer because he did it. All that horse soup that she's been drinking for decades—it's his fault. Horse soup Soup will do it to you. Yep. And uh, Norman will die trying to put down Olivia, and so will his private eye, his private detective Leticia. I think she's going to get caught up in the mix. And Sheriff Chasseur will survive and help Roman and Peter. Mm. So those were my predictions. I kept mine quick at this point because I just wanted to get to the next <laughs> the next episode. So all I put that was Norman was in big, big trouble. And I thought that I thought he was going to die, too. Yeah. I, I thought the um, Nadia, the baby, because we saw one death from her. What more powers will we mm-hmm. does she have? Maybe that will get unveiled. Yeah. I have no predictions. What about predictions okay. for next season? Uh, bigger, faster, uh, sexier. Ooh, oh, sexier. 
I didn't think Hemlock right. Grove could get any more sexier. No, it gets. There's one thing that I heard about that's very sexy. Wow, that's great. Watch for it. Looking forward to it. It's going to be as exciting as the transformations. Oh wow! Oh. And yet you've never seen it before. Oh wow! And those transformations are like a wet dream. <laughs> they are. I w- <laughs> You got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, did we have any? Did anybody want to ask David any final questions before we wrap up and and let him go? No. Well, you teased that there might be more seasons, but what would you like to see happen for Hemlock Grove in the future? Is there any particular storyline that you just kind of want to throw in there? I think the thing that's really exciting, uh, and we alluded to it in the last season, that I'd like to see more of, and 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 I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I like a lot more. I like the historical aspects. I like when we go back in time and and uh, learn about the, the the backstory of the Godfreys and you know whether it's a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. That stuff to me is the stuff I'd love to see explored in future mm-hmm. season, seasons. Yeah, so. seasons plural. Seasons. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to see more of Romania's backstory. There's a lot of Romanian culture in this. And yes. And I know that that's definitely going to be, uh, we're going to see more of that. Great. Very good. Without giving away too much. Yeah, I, love, yes. I love the flashbacks. You know, mm-hmm. we got to see, season one, we had a few here and there. They were really quick. Mm-hmm. But when we had that one uh, last episode with uh, with Olivia and her in France, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just mm-hmm. hearing her speak French amazing yeah. we love that and encountering mm-hmm. the Order of the Dragon back then, oh, nearly 150 years ago, mm-hmm. really cool. Great. Yeah, we love seeing her too because she looks so wild and like beastly the way she was too. So it was like, we, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a complete contrast to how she is mm-hmm. now. She's rich, kept together, put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She had to assimilate with the society. She did, and she married into it. Yes, by the way, that she did. She really assimilated. She married a mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. Man, keep her cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, that about does it for us here at After Buzz TV's Hemlock Grove podcast. Uh, be sure to give us follows. Go ahead and follow me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at JJ Jurgens on Twitter, Jurgens JJ on Instagram, and my blog, Tom Girl TV. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. You can mail me an old-fashioned letter <laughs> to my home in Santa Monica. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys. We'll go ahead and buzz with you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Hosts only do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 